I'm so excited. Uh, many and most of you know uh, Dan and Marta Lewis. Many of you have traveled with them, uh, done mission trips overseas with them to Hungary and Romania. Uh, they have been on the mission field since uh, the 1999. It was the year you went to Mongolia, uh, spent 98 uh, in Mongolia, spent a year plus there, then in Hungary, uh, ministering in Hungary and Romania since 2000 and 2001 in that area, and have uh, ministered in many of the countries over there, Hungary, Romania, Serbia, Czech Republic, beyond, uh, and we're just so blessed to have them as friends, number one, but also as, as co-laborers in the harvest field. Let's give a warm welcome to Dan and Marta Lewis. Thank you. At no expense. <laughs> well, you get what you pay for. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? <laughs> That's all right. I say stuff I should. <laughs> well, it's good to be here. Um, after the last couple of weeks, it's good to be anywhere. But uh, we we just returned from Utah. Um, we were in in Utah for my sister's funeral. She she passed away, and um, sometimes it's good to be the baby of the family when. Your brothers and sisters. My, my brother passed away last October. Um, one of my sisters just passed away what, a couple of weeks ago. And while we were in Utah, um, there were some things that happened that, that kind of made me alter what what I was going to teach, both here and on Wednesday. On on, on Wednesday, we teach the uh, Wednesday evening. Uh, church service in Sekahid on Skype. Uh, they they put us on a, you know, they blast our picture up on the wall there, and and uh, we do the we do the teaching, and we're we're in the middle of a, you know, in the I don't know how far we are into it because I don't know when it's going to end, but it's it's Isaiah one nineteen. Uh, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the best of the land, and a lot of times when I prepare. Uh, a message, at least I used to, uh, I'd think, well, this is good for the gypsies. Oh, they, they really need this out there. And then I realized I needed it. You know, probably uh, most of the messages I teach are more for me than, than for anybody else. But as we were in Utah and I was spending time with my Mormon family, um, and I was asked at the, at the funeral to, to give the, uh, the family prayer, which and I don't know I don't like to go to funerals very much, but but in the Mormon realm they they have a family prayer that's often a separate room, and they ask me to do that because they could kind of keep me away from the main congregation. I wouldn't uh, contaminate the the people there. It was it was I don't know how much you know about the Mormon Church, but it was it was really Mormon. Um, <laughs> And and it's you know we saw some things that re- reminded me of some things that uh, you know I grew up in that. Um, Pastor Dan and Claudia, by the way, send their their greetings. But uh, we were they were over at our house a couple of weeks ago. It hasn't been that long, three weeks maybe. Um, and I was showing them our little Roku box 
because it's showing them all the Christian, uh, what do you call them, channels? Whatever they are that was showing up to them, the different ones. And as I was flashing through there, I saw one called the Ex-Mormon Files. And I thought, that's interesting. So I just clicked on it, saved it, and didn't look at it then. And then a few nights later, we went back and we were looking through it. And it's, it's this man named Earl Erskine, Erskine who was a, uh, he was in the Mormon church longer than I was. He was in 65 years, was a Mormon bishop for five years, and left the Mormon church. And I, you know, I won't go into that whole story about why and everything. I mean, he saw the truth. And uh, he and his wife left. He has four kids. Two of the kids left. Two stayed in the Mormon church and think mom and dad are nuts because they, they rejected the, what they see as the, the true church. So anyway, that couple of some other things and, and being on a Delta flight going back from Salt Lake to Tampa, uh, the day they had the computer outage, um, Marta's niece made it from Amsterdam back to Portland faster than we made it from from uh, Salt Lake to Tampa. And she was flying Delta too. Anyway, just the the chaos. I mean, we we thought about what end times things might be happening, and the chaos we saw in that little little piece of of life that we we saw right then was just. Amazing. So, like I said, we're we're in the middle of a, a series that, that's based mostly on Isaiah one nineteen. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the the good of the land. Probably one of the most overlooked words in the Bible is that first word. If if you're willing and obedient, because we let. I mean, who who doesn't want to eat the best of the land? And some, some translations uh, say the best of the land, the good of the land. Some, some say uh, the good things of the land will be yours. You know, that's, that sounds good to me. But I can't leave out the if. If I'm willing and obedient. And, of course, we, we can't leave out... Uh, in fact, you can't leave out that whole chapter. But in verse 20, it says, But... If you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And and just like Pastor John said about the offering, it's about your heart. You know, our our relationship in the kingdom is really about our heart. It's not about the things we might do or the things we might get or anything like that. It's it's about our heart. And, And a willing and obedient heart is open to faith. And and it's so important that we we know what our you know check our hearts. But if your if your heart's stubborn and unwilling, it it tends to hinder your faith. Um, so we know we need to be willing and obedient. But how do we do that? How do we, and and there are three things that uh, three ways that we can can submit or three major ways. But number one is submitting to His Word. The Word of God. Submit ourselves to the Word. And the second thing is submitting to His Holy Spirit. And the third thing is submitting to those people who He puts over you. And most people don't have a problem with number one and two, 
But when submitting to other people, that can be <laughs> a challenge sometimes. We'll, we'll look at some people that have a challenge with submitting here in a minute. But uh, one of the things that this reminded me of as I, as I was preparing this, I gave a message. I, I, I spoke it here, um, I don't know, a long time ago. I, I got the message at the end of 2006, and it's, it's called Stand By for Heavy Rolls. And uh, I know there are a lot of new people here, so I won't teach the whole thing again. But uh, it, it, as we were preparing for the end of 2006 and rolling over to 2007, we usually spend time in prayer and, and think about, you know, ask the Lord about uh, what the direction is for the coming year. And we're sitting there, and I was also feeling a little sorry for myself. I know that never happens to anyone in here, but uh, it seemed like the wrong people were getting blessed. Um, does it ever seem like that to you? I mean, you try and you try and do the best you can to live a, a godly life, and and evil people seem to get the breaks. They seem to get the good stuff. And so, as we're sitting there and I'm praying, and I'm I'm hearing. Not an audible voice, but I'm I'm getting a, a remembrance of words that I heard when I was in the Navy. And it was a, an announcement that they would make when we'd start to go into uh, changing course or the seas were getting rougher. Because the ship that I was on was a, a real round-bottomed. It was an LSD. And those of you who are, remember the 60s remember LSD also had another... Uh, connotation, but there was a landing ship dock was what it is, and it was round bottom so it could get in real close to the to the beach and let the the little boats out and the marines run out and get shot and stuff like that. But um, they would give this announcement, now stand by for heavy rolls, which means you may think it's it's rocky now, it's going to get worse. And I'm thinking... Lord, I, and I hadn't heard that at that time for 40 years. You know, that stand by for heavy rolls. And I'm thinking about the, the good people not getting as blessed as the bad people and things like that and, and poor me kind of thing. Stand by for heavy rolls. Now, when, when you're on the ship, and, and especially our ship, which in calm seas was pretty rocky, uh, when you change course, you're traveling with other ships in your fleet, and, and you change course, you're going over the wake of those other ships. And so, I mean, it can really get a little nerve-wracking there. Um, but if you know it's coming, and you know you need to hold on to something, then it's not so bad. Actually, it's kind of fun. If you if, and, and it's even really more fun when you see these big, tough, Army recon and and uh, you know the Rangers and and the the uh, Marines there that are on land they are you know we don't mess with them but when we're going through those rough seas they're pussy cats you know they're they're hugging the commode you know? uh, but but as we 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 know what's coming so we we hold on and and the lord took me to some scriptures and i'll just i'll briefly share some of them a little bit of some of them with you but second timothy chapter 3 
starting with verse 1, it says, But know this, in the last days perilous times will come. Now, this was at the end of 2006. And if it would, you know, to me, uh, if it was applicable then, it's even more ac- applicable today. It says, verse 2, For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters. We don't know anybody like that. Uh, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to, to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. But then verse 9 says, but they will progress no farther. And that's that's the part that's that really started to get my attention because I'm I'm agreeing with all the first part. Yeah, that's that's what they are, and they're getting blessed, but they will p- progress no farther, for their folly will be manifest to all, as also theirs was. But you, and that's another thing that, but you, have all have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long suffering, love, perseverance. Persecutions, afflictions, you know, we don't like to hear about persecutions and afflictions, but they're there. But it's just like what we're eating is stand by for heavy rolls. You need to be prepared for what's coming. And, and I believe that's what the Lord is telling us right now, that, you know, it, it may seem bad, but it could get worse. But if we're ready for it, it's not going to be a big deal to us. Um, it says in verse 12, maybe you want to rip this page out of your Bible, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Hmm. Verse 13 says, evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. In other words, evil, evil is going to come. And evil, as we see, I mean, you just look at the news, evil has become more evil than it's ever been. Good has to be more good as well. I'm, I'm convinced of that. And then verse 14 says, but you must continue in the things which you have learned. And, and this is it. It may seem like everything is falling apart around you. It may seem like the, the, the wrong people are getting blessed. But you need to do what you know you're supposed to do. And, and he led me to some other scriptures. I'm not going to take time to go over all that. But uh, the main point was that if, if we want to survive in these coming days and years, uh, no matter who wins the election, there, there's going to be some waves made. And we need to stay close to the Word, stay close to God, and love one another. That was that was the main thing that I wanted to, to point out out of that because it reminded me so much of what in in this teaching on on Isaiah one nineteen um, that that we need to and the word staying close to the word loving the word is so important and uh, submitting to the Holy Spirit and submitting to the people that He placed over us um, and. 
in this in the teaching that we did last Wednesday uh, with with the gypsies in Sekahid, um, of course they're not gypsies anymore. They're Roma. Uh, Roma is the politically correct word, but they know they're gypsies. They tell us they're gypsies. So they anyway, the Romas. Um, we we focused on the truth, on submitting to the truth, and um, in John fourteen six. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, I am one of the ways. I am some of the truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, uh, you know, in being obedient, uh, and if we're going to submit to the lordship of, of Jesus, we have to be submissive to the truth. And uh, Jesus is truth. So submitting to Jesus is submitting to the truth. And uh, if you go down to verse 17 in John 14, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of truth. John 16, 13 also calls, uh, calls him the Spirit of truth, uh, the Holy Spirit. And he will guide you into all truth. John, 1 John 5, 6 says, And it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. The gospel is called the word of truth. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of truth. And Jesus is the truth. Now, if, if we're going to be respectful of the word, we have to be respectful of the truth. And, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing okay about being deceptive and, and uh, untruthful. Uh, you know, for, for a real Christian and desire to walk with Jesus, we're honest. We're honest people. Um, you know, we know that Satan is a liar and, and he's called the father of lies. Um, but the truth isn't always easy to take. Um, you know, to give you a, a little personal example, when when uh, I first met my wife Marta, um, I was coaching. I was I was uh, coaching football, wrestling, and track, and I had to go into a uh, a sporting goods store to to get my coaching uniform that we wore on game days. We all wore the same little costume for for game days, and she waited on me, and. Uh, it, it wasn't love at first sight. I waited till the second day to ask her to be- marry me. <laughs> but uh, she was not Mormon, and I was. Now, at that point, I was convinced that I was the one who had the truth. I started going to her little uh, full gospel Baptist church. Now, that may sound like an oxymoron, but it was. <laughs> It really was. It was. It was. But for a Mormon kid who had never seen anything in in any kind of a charismatic way, it was a shock to go in there. And people were raising their hands and they were uh, saying "Amen" right in the middle of while the guy was preaching. You know, we we only said "Amen" at the end of the closing prayer. Um, it was it was culture shock, big time. Plus the fact I was the only one wearing a, a jacket and tie, uh, it was 
you know, Hippieville in, in that little part, a lot of college students and, and stuff. So in, in the hallway, they had this rack of, of tracts. Most of them were anti-Mormon tracts. And I, st- I got a little steamed about that because, you know, they just don't know what they're doing. And these people who wrote these tracts are just angry and trying to hurt the church. So I sneaked a few of them in my pocket. And my goal was to teach the rest of these people, especially the woman who I wanted to marry, because she said she wouldn't marry anybody but a Christian. And I thought, well, you got the right guy, because of the two of us, I would be the one that qualifies. <laughs> you know, that, that was my thinking. And so I took these tracks and started to study, because I knew that I would have to have an excellent argument because these people, I was so woefully ignorant of everything in the Bible and even in the Mormon scriptures. But I learned, and I knew I was going to find the truth, and the truth was going to set them free. Well, the more I studied, the worse it got. And, and actually, I had to come to a decision. First of all, is there God? Because if there is a God, he wasn't the God of that church, of the Mormon church. And, and unfortunately, when a lot of people find out that the Mormon church is not true, they, they have three choices. One, especially if you're living in, in the midst of everybody else as a Mormon, you can ignore it, ignore the truth and just pretend it doesn't exist and just go on because everything you do is surrounded by the, the culture of the Mormon church. Uh, the second thing is, you see that the tr- church is not true, so you leave it for nothing, and you become uh, more or less rebellious against anything that the church ever taught, start drinking coffee, <laughs> things like that. Um, but I was faced with something that I had to make a decision that, and, and thank God that there was a, a core group of people, including Marta and some others, that were praying for me during that time. Now, I, you know, I had been in the church 32 years at that point. I had been held offices in in the leadership of the different uh, wards or precincts that I lived in. So it it was it was it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do is face the truth. You know, the, the Bible says the truth will, will set you, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free, but it might slap you around a little bit first, which it did me because it was, it was not what I expected to find is not what I wanted to find. But, but I had to, you know, the truth is the truth. And we teach a lot of times about the Word of God being the truth and uh, it is, it, the, and, it, and the truth may contradict facts that you see uh, in your life. It, it may be a fact that you're suffering from some disease or some attack, but what does the truth of God's Word say about that? By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Now, I may not feel healed, I may not look healed, but the truth is, I need to believe that I'm healed until it manifests in my, in my body. Okay. But uh, 
you know, I, I believe we, the truth, truth is not always easy to take, but we need to become lovers of truth. We need to, we need to love the truth more than, more than we love what we want. And that's not easy. I'm, I'm here to tell you that was, that was the hardest thing I've ever done because I, when you find out what you believed all your life was not true, uh, it's, it's just, it changes your life. And, and the truth can shake up your, your plans for your future. It can shake up your theology. It can just turn things upside down. But I, you know, when I think about what my life might be like if I had never left the Mormon church, uh, it just, you know, I'd, I'd been there with all the rest of those people that, that were, were, <laughs> They're so deceived, and yet everybody else is around them deceived. Uh, so it's it's normal to them. Once you're out of it and look at it and from the outside, you can see the absurdities and the contradictions. And that's what that's what really convinced me when I saw the contradictions within the Mormon writings themselves. And I didn't intend this to be a, a lesson on Mormonism, but. It's it's about the truth, and it's about receiving the truth, and and being willing to to be obedient to whatever the truth says, even if it contradicts what you thought you you wanted to do. Um, But it does. It, it can upset the, the things. And, and oh, I started to tell you about this, uh, uh, the ex-Mormon files. And uh, when I saw that, there's a man, his name is Earl Erskine, who interviews ex-Mormons, people who came out of the Mormon church. And uh, he puts that on, on Roku, or you can look at it on the, uh, on the Internet. But uh, I just emailed him and, and told him how much I appreciated that and, and uh, keep up the good work. So he emailed back, and since we were going to be there, we arranged a meeting with him. And uh, and talk. I was just, I was in awe because I there I don't know many people that were actually born and raised in the Mormon Church who were able to come out of it. And here's a man, uh, same age as me, who who spent 65 years in it. And and so he is, we're going back in September, and he invited us to come and do some. Uh, recording with him. He's going to interview me for, for the program on there. So that should be interesting. Um, it's, it's a, it's a very deceptive thing that, and it seems so right. It seems so good. They do so many good things. They're good people. So, okay, let's get away from Mormonism. But, you know, as, as he was, as he was talking to us, he, uh, he made this, he, he has four kids and I said two, stayed in to left one of the the daughters-in-law he was trying to talk to them and, and and show them the truth and and she just stopped him cold she says i know what i believe and and see that's the thing the holy spirit has to do a work in anyone's heart if they're going to make a a change like that if they're going to see uh the truth and and yield to to submit to the truth um 
John chapter 3, of course, everybody knows John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. But if we look down at verse 18, it says, He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. If that isn't a picture of of the world today, that that men are loving uh, darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Light, we can use that as another word for truth. Uh, Down in verse 20 it says, For everyone practicing, practicing evil hates the light, and does not come to the light because his, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they may be done, uh, that, w- that they have done in God. Um, remember, we talked about three ways to, to submit. Uh, submit to the Word, submit to the Holy Spirit, and submit to those people who God puts over you. <laughs> If, if we look at the book of Numbers, and, and I, won't, I won't go through the whole story here, but in Numbers 13, remember Moses sent out the 12 spies into the land. And they went over into the promised land, and they, they saw that it was a good land. But they came back, and 10 of the spies had what the Bible calls an evil report. And only two, Joshua and Caleb, said, you know, God told us we could go. Let's go. Let's do it now. And, of course, the, the, the ten, just like today, if, if somebody has an opposing viewpoint, we want to silence them. We don't want to hear what they have to say. They were ready to stone Joshua and Caleb. Um, but because of their uh, rebellion, they ended up spending 40 years in the wilderness. And they, they would go from rebellion to rebellion. God says, go in and take the land. They said, well, we can't go in. There's giants over there. There's walled cities over there. They're they're too big for us. We're like grasshoppers. God said, well, in that case, here's your new assignment. Back to the wilderness. Well, okay, now, we'll go now. Here we go. Come on, let's, let's all go in there. We'll go take the land now. They said, no, you can't do it now. God said, do this. They rebelled against that, and, and a lot of people got killed for it. So they, they were just rebelling over and over. Um, and, and so as, as we go on, we see that they finally start to realize, you know, this is really happening, but it's Moses' fault. Uh, Moses and Aaron got us into this. They wouldn't take us into the promised land when we wanted to go, you know, you know, you need to remember, Moses didn't want this job in the first place. He, he tried to argue with God that, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm slow of speech. And, and uh, he talked a lot for a guy that was slow of speech. But uh, he, he didn't want it, but he was the man God chose. And when God chooses someone, you know, you may think that there are other people that have better qualifications uh, you know, we we speak to you know teach the gypsies in in Romania that the same thing that there may be you know maybe the pastor here isn't the the best guy to do or you know the in your eyes the the one that you would choose but he's the one God chose 
And he's the one you need to submit to. Yeah, he's not perfect. Uh, none of us are. But, you know, we, we go with, with who God chooses to lead us. Um, and in number 16, they, Korah and Dathan and, and some others uh, rose up against Moses and Aaron and they, and they talked 250 of the, the leaders to, to join in with them and, and rebel against uh, Moses and, and Aaron. And uh, they said in verse 3 of, of uh, Numbers chapter 16, they gathered together against Moses and Aaron and said to them, You take too much upon yourselves, for all the congregation is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Then why do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? In other words, Moses, who do you think you are? And we all hear from God. You know, we, you, you need to, let's, let's put somebody else in charge here. And uh, the, over and over, they kept questioning Moses' authority. And, uh, you know, the, the, the moral to this is they, they went, uh, Moses, God showed Moses how to show who was the chosen one, and the ground opened up and swallowed the people that were, in fact, he says, uh, get away from Dathan and, and, and uh, Korah's tents, because uh, something's going to happen here, and they got swallowed up by the land. And then fire came down and consumed the 250 leaders, the big shots that, that were rebelling against they thought they were rebelling against Moses, but they they were, we read this, find out they were rebelling against God. Um, but Joshua and Caleb took them forty years because of the rebellion of the other people. But Joshua and Caleb did get to go in and and eat the good of the land, and that's that's the final outcome that we want is is we want to eat the best of the land. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Gospel, we know it means good news, but you can also translate it to mean good news of the truth. And that's what we're talking about right now is, is the truth. Verse 18 uh, says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. There's a lot of suppressing of the truth going on today. And this is talking about people who, who call the truth. They, they see the, the truth of God's word and they say, that's not right. It's not, it's not the truth. And they want to, these are people that want to make it illegal. Uh, to preach some of the, the passages in the Bible. They call it hate speech because it doesn't agree with their lifestyle. Um, they, you know, they don't, they don't love the truth. They love their version of the truth. They love their opinion, but they don't, they have nothing to do with, with the truth of God's word. Uh, down in verse 25 of, of, uh, Romans 1. It says, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And you might think that if people just hear the truth, the truth will set them free. 
Well, we know that there can be a struggle when you hear the truth. Um, but this isn't, uh, this isn't the case. They've, they've heard the truth, but they rejected it. Just like a lot of the, the people who hear the church of the, uh, the truth of the Mormon church. They, they reject that truth. There may be some things in, in your own life when the truth confronts you, you have a decision to make. Uh, the Holy Spirit needs to convict you, but you need to accept it and yield to it, submit to it, to to follow the truth of God's word. Um, <clears throat> but if, and if we're going to be willing and obedient, that's what we have to do. We have to be willing and obedient to the word, to the truth. Um, but today, there are a lot of people calling the truth wrong. They're calling the truth a lie. I mean, you see it all over, especially in in the political realm, uh, trying to appease what they think are what most people want to hear, uh, and it's it's dangerous. It's it's uh, it's devilish. But we need to be we need to be lovers of the truth. But it starts with us being willing. I had to be willing to receive the truth of. Uh, the falsehood of, of Mormonism and receive the truth of the light of the truth of, of God's word. Um, and, and remember, as we talk about the truth, it's not just about the word. It's, it's about the truth in your whole life. It's, it's, it's how we live our lives. Um, And we need to hate lies and deception. Uh, I, I can't think of anything worse than than using the the love and trust that someone has for you to turn and deceive them with it because you have gained their their trust and their and their love. <clears throat> Mark eleven twenty three pretty familiar scripture in, in uh, Word of Faith circles. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. You know, it takes us to the, the power of the things we say. The things we say need to be in agreement with what the truth of God's word says. Um, but, but what does it say you have to believe? You know, obviously you have to believe the word. You have to believe the scriptures. But it says you have to believe whatever you say. Whatever, whatever I say, I have to believe. But what if I know I don't always tell the whole truth? That, that makes it a little more difficult to, to believe what I say myself. If I know that once in a while I, I kind of, maybe I think I'm protecting someone, but it's not the truth. I, it's a real slippery slope, as they say, if you, if you don't do that. It's, it's, you need to be uh, lovers of the truth. You have to believe what you say. You know, there, there was a generation... Um, that believed that your word was was basically sacred. What <clears throat> if, if you couldn't trust a man's word, 
you couldn't trust the man. And uh, that's kind of gone gone away. Now all you need is a good lawyer to get you out of your your word. But uh, at, there was a time when giving your word was just as binding as any legal contract. And uh, it needs to be that way with, with a believer. Um, but if for a, for a person who claims to be a Christian, you, you need to be able to give your word. You need to believe your word. And... Uh, you know, you, if you you just can't do it part of the time and part of the time do something else. It just doesn't work that way. Um, we have to be people who love the truth every day. And and as I said, when I prepare these messages, you know, I thought I was doing it for someone else, but it's it's for me as much as anyone else. But maybe God's speaking to someone here about a truth that that you've been confronted with, and and you need to make a decision about that, how, how you can handle that. Uh, <clears throat> in 2 Thessalonians, I'll close with this, uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9, says, The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. It's interesting to use the word lying wonders. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Isn't that interesting? They did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by, by the Spirit and belief in the truth. You know, when you're confronted by the truth and you don't like it, you don't want it to be the truth, um, and you're not willing to change, you know, what else is there? If, if you're not willing to accept the truth, Satan is right there to say, well, hey, I've got something for you. You know, here, here's this. Doesn't this look good? And it usually does look much better than going the way that I should go. Um, but when you push away the truth, it's, it's an invitation for Satan to come in and, and bless you with a lie. And it's not a blessing. Um, being deceived, as I was all those years as a Mormon, and, and many people still are, is when you believe something is true that is really a lie. And that's what we need to, uh, to open our eyes to. Um, because it's, it's the truth that will set you free. The truth will, will help you to be uh, prosperous. It'll... it'll the, the truth will bring healing, and uh, it's, it's the truth that will help you to eat the best of the land. And let's pray and we'll close. Father, we thank you for your truth. Lord, thank you that uh, your word is truth. And Father, we thank you that, uh, Lord, we see the truth, and we desire to be lovers of your truth. Father, help us to make the right decisions concerning following the truth, following the Word, submitting to the Word, submitting to the Holy Spirit, and submitting to those who are over us. 
And Father, we just thank you for the life that you have for us, Lord. We we thank you for helping us to be uh, ready for what comes ahead, Lord. That that even as we see by by revelation that uh, Lord things things are changing. That no matter what happens, Father, if we stay close to you, stay close to your word, and love one another, that we will be able to survive and thrive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to receive an offering this morning for Reverend Dan Lewis and Marta and Reverend Marta Lewis. We're going to do that and <clears throat> make out checks to RVCC. We'll make sure all of it gets to them. But to receive, just take grab a uh, envelope as they are handed out. We didn't talk ahead of time about what you were going to speak on. We just you haven't even talked to each other. We haven't even talked in. I can't remember the no. We talked a couple of weeks ago, but we never talked about the sermon. It's amazing what he shared this morning. I pray that you had ears to hear. If you didn't, if you're going, whoa, what are you talking about? I encourage you to listen to it again. Because we are coming into a season. We're coming into a period of time for the world, yes. For the church as a whole, yes. But I believe for a time uh, for this church, for us, for this congregation, where this message is extremely important. Because we are going to be faced with some truths in the weeks and months and I believe years to come that we need to grasp hold of. We don't, we don't need to, to, for too many years, the church has looked at the truth and, and just like you said, thought, well, it's easier for me to do it this way. It's more acceptable for me to do it this way. I don't get as much problem. I don't get as much hassle. I don't get as much persecution if I do it this way. And you know, God, God understands. We are coming into a period of time. And remember I talked about it, and I've said it every week, and you thought I was gonna, you were going to get away without hearing it this week. This is a summer of preparation. This is a summer of preparation. God's been saying that all summer long, that this is preparation time what does that mean that means getting our hearts right getting our minds right getting our getting ready to be able to to hear properly to perceive properly and then to act properly there are going to be some things that the holy spirit begins to have me teach and others teach this fall that you need to be ready and you need to make the choice ahead of time that i will choose the truth rather than tradition rather than the lie rather than the convenience because those things are the deception it is easier to choose the other way it is it is easier to 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 believe something else and we don't we're not evil people so that we we do it dece- you know de- you know uh, deceptively deceivingly we, we we don't do it on purpose to hurt god or to hurt ourselves or to hurt the, the 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 things of god but we do it because many times the church is lazy the church as a whole has been lazy so if you hear the truth are you willing to accept it no matter what it is even if it's not what you used to believe. Interesting. You're going, what, is, what in the world are you talking about? I know, stay tuned. 
It's going to be wonderful. I encourage you to listen to this message again because there are there there are there are some very key elements that you have no idea what what they are, and I'm not going to tell you now because I want you to be curious and go, what is he talking? About? Listen to it again. It is absolutely vital that we understand that we're ready to walk into September because it's going to start in September. To walk into September with our eyes wide open, our hearts wide open, our our ears wide open, our faith wide open. To accept what God is is saying to the church. Amen? Amen. Let's pray and we will receive the offering. Father, I do thank you for, for Dan and Marta. I thank you for their, their lives, their, their friendship, their, their ministry, their love for people, their love for the world, their love for us. Thank you, Lord. And we, Lord, we just pray a blessing. And, and this, yes, a financial blessing, but Lord, we even more so a spiritual blessing that everything they have need of is met. Thank you, Father God, for them and for all that they have done, but all the things in the future, the days to come that they will, will do and to be for the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we bless them in the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.